0: This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. To start out, I'll say this: mm-hmm. last week when we talked about you know back pain and what is the answer for it, and we. Like we know what the answer is and it's yeah, doing some of those like fundamental things like bird dogs and side planks and all those kinds of things. And sure enough, it's like the next day I woke up and I'm like, man, my lower back hurts. <laughs> like, is this is this just because we talked about this yesterday or like or what is it? And I, I mean I think there were some things that I had done. I mean, jujitsu is always a lower right. back thing. Right. But, um, man, I've been doing those things that we talked about. I'm like, man, I'm glad we talked about this last week because now I need it. I'm sure sort of like a few days of like doing bird dogs and side planks
1: and, you know, paying a little bit of extra attention there. And, man, it starts to feel better. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And, oh, man, I don't know. I I find more and more. Every day, and the more I uh, continue to to see people and just watch stuff and and read, how important just that human base is not only to human health and vitality, but to athletic performance. And so I don't know. I, I it, that's what's made this this whole field kind of comical is because. I feel like there are many different ways to skin a cat, but nobody's like in the position to skin the cat, (laughs) you know? And like, that's what we're talking about. It's like getting into these positions Um, because we get caught up, like talking about the things we get caught up talking about, like the programs or, you know, like how much we did or what the weight was. and, And we're not taking into account, like we're not actually being smart and taking into account, like the tremendous amount of variables and what's going on like especially getting caught up in like program talk on the internet
0: you mm-hmm. know this is mm-hmm. like
1: a place where so much good conversation happens but then it's like hold on i have zero context of like what we actually if, if what anybody actually just discussed here you know and um so it's just it's it's really like looking at And like the back pain thing goes along the lines of like what we were talking about today a little bit and what I've been thinking about this last week, which is, you know, setting yourself up in the best position to get the most return, you know? So when looking like, let's look at a program, you got two people both starting, let's say five, three, one powerlifting program. And, um, one of these, one of the people, he moves a lot better is, is, you know, his bench squat, his deadlift and overhead press. Let's say that those were his big main movements that were, he was doing in the program. He just naturally moves joint by joint, stabilizes things a lot better. And you've got this other person who has some movement deficiencies. Um, the person who moves well also sleeps pretty good and they consistently eat a really a good diet that promotes you know a lot of like let's say anti inflammation and and stuff like that and the other person doesn't sleep that well and they eat a shit diet like anybody listening to this already knows we already have the common sense to know that like if they both did the same thing following the same program like one is going to get better return of investment than the other. And it could be a massively, uh, you know, it's individualized. It's obviously there are two different people, but one could get 20 times the value that the other person got result-wise. And that's simply because of the back end. You know, it's because of they both did the exact same stimulation. So they both tried to, to use the same, you know, gun for the war but one person was prepared on the back end and they're able to get much more out of it. They're able to recover better, you know, trained more frequently or whatever it may be. Like there's a million different things that happen, but so you start to look at that and it's like, okay, well, the more stressed out somebody is and the more out of control, just like the, their life seems to be, then the more that person routinely seems to be like an over-exerciser, like somebody that's always searching, like I have to do more and more and more to elicit these, to get these results that I want. Hmm. When really it's like, wait a minute, no, maybe we need to figure out how to get more out of, like actually adaptation of the stimulus you're doing. And in, in ways that could be more, or it could be less, it could be a, a number of different things, but it's exactly like of what we've, always talked about it somebody really starting to think am i how are all my other signals affecting this signal and that's like usually you can answer most of the questions like that i mean that's how i would answer questions looking at things and that's how colleagues would answer questions so it's like the person can start to do that too you know
0: i think it's a a really good point and something like I don't really think about, but it makes sense that, you know, all these different stresses on your body lead to something. Right. And the idea being, if I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights, that's a stress on the body Mm
1: -hmm. that I'm
0: trying to create adaptation, which is strength gains, muscle growth, whatever. Right. There's, I mean, all these various benefits of, of that exercise. But, if I'm putting a significant amount of stress on my body through other things, like well, I'm eating really bad food, that's a stress on the body. I'm mm-hmm. you know not sleeping well, stress on the body yeah i'm and then, like you said, maybe because of all this stress, I mean, I know a lot of people will exercise as a stress relief, mm-hmm. which is good, probably to a point, but then if it goes to the point where now you're adding even more stress, you're not recovering, you're just loaded down with stress, but th- then you're not going to get
1: those, you know, that adaptation, the growth that yeah. you're looking so for. So part of getting the most out of the signal would be then be, it. it's okay to, to be in, to just exercise and to want to exercise to release stress. But a way to get better adaptation to that is then to think about, The way you view it, first of all, and start saying, okay, well now I'm going to turn to exercise when I am stressed, but this exercise can't be like, it's got to be working in. It's got to be stuff that's, that's lowering stress, making me feel better versus, okay, I know what I do. I go punish myself with this hard exercise and I'm wanting this response so bad happen but it doesn't quite happen as well as it used to and I don't know what's I'm in a plateau and it's like slow down and figure out like what is like what are you actually doing and then what is happening on the back end you know how stressed out are you how much sleep are you getting like all those things add up and are what really get us the results from the program so where I was having this a conversation with somebody yesterday and this just kind of popped into my head of where I was literally kind of like, it's a young athlete and he is playing sports like all the time, like all young athletes do, but he's been a little banged up. And we were kind of like, he's got a game this weekend. And none of this is really relevant to the point of where I was telling him like, okay, you need to rest. And to him, it's like, well, I've I've got a game this weekend. I, I can't, you know, and it's like, well, you might not play this weekend. You're a young kid. You're going to be fine. You need to rest. I need time for this elbow to clear itself up so that then we can get back to work. So from one standpoint, me just trying to do work right there wouldn't be good. The work that needed to be done to get an actual exercise response is to rest so that we can come back and fight and get real results versus just kind of pushing the mud here. But the real thing with him is what I told him and where, where this stands true with what we're talking about is I don't need him to like think about working out and shit anymore. Like I need him to start to grow up and start to think about how do I extract the things that I need out of these exercises for me? Like, and I told him everybody is around doing all this shit at every damn gym all over the country all over the world there's not a program there's not all this stuff that other people aren't doing or haven't done you know more is not always better of course but if if I got this kid to just believe in i need to learn these step these exercises that this guy is putting in front of me and i need to learn how i extract the most out of those things for me Maybe it's a different variation. Maybe it's having to learn how to even do the exercise, which is what we talked about last week with Professor Brian, you know, like, Hey, my body weight squat sucks. And I can't really sit down in the squat to improve mobility. Well, if you want to really elicit the response of sitting down into that squat, then I need you not sitting down in that squat right now. I need you, you know, we talked about doing ankles, hips, working on all these other things, but Um, I just don't think that we view, we're not viewing what, what do I, like, how much do I really need? Cause like, what am I, what can I take out of this? What can I get out of this exercise? Do I need all these other exercises or can I actually learn to get enough out of this? And when we do all this other stuff and we just throw all this variety and we just keep throwing more and more volume, I think that's just a lack of, uh, that's just kind of like our ego. It's a. it's, a, it's just showing that in the moment we don't believe in us actually like figuring something out. We know that if we just throw more stones at the window, it's going to eventually break. And that's kind of where I think this conversation always goes from where it's like, you just got to slow down a second and you got to start to look at like, Hey, if I fuel on these back ends and I start to change the signals, uh, on the on the back end, then the signal of exercise is going to actually give me something.
0: So there's like those obvious things of like you've you've mentioned the the food you're putting in your body matters, the sleep you're getting, the correct dose of of exercise, and and so so I guess my my question is like you've worked with people from all different backgrounds, from people who are you know people who haven't been doing anything that are coming in and they want to start getting in shape people who are in good shape athletic but you know more hobbyist type athletics and those kinds of things to people who are world champions at their level mm-hmm. the people who tend to revert to that like i'm just gonna i'm gonna come in and even though I've got a tremendous amount of stress on my body from a number of different avenues, I'm going to come in and kill myself. Are those the, like, w- what kind of people tend to do those types of things? Because in my mind, it's probably those, like, hobbyist athletes, but are also, like, they take it pretty seriously. Like, they, they they really want to perform at a high level. They're not necessarily, like, professional athlete level, right? Or do you see it at, like, all different
1: levels? You see it at all different levels, I mean, cause I was almost, I was with you for a second, but then you said not a professional athlete. And it's like, well, most of them do the same sort of thing, you know? Um, and I, I used bodybuilding like, and I have probably told this story before, but it's like, I, I love, I don't love bodybuilding. Actually, it's something that when I first got into weightlifting in my meathead young years, you know, you wanted to be as you look up these big ginormous guys and stuff. And then you start realizing that like, man, a lot of these guys are just living life of stress, you know, just drug usage, just tons of crazy training volume to elicit these responses. And these guys are just, they're fucking hardcore. And it's a, it's a gangster life like that. And then all of a sudden, every once in a while, there's the outlier and the outliers arise everywhere as in the book, the outliers there's, they're in every little, little niche. And these are what interests me. It's like, what all of a sudden I became interested in the bodybuilder who had like spiritual artistic side to him, you know, the side of like, Oh, I, I'm the, I'm the creator. Like I'm the artist of this sculpture and the sculpture is me. And I'm on, you know, like, and I'm going to use earth grown nutrients and I'm going to use correct biomechanics and I'm going to use science of sleep and all this stuff to get the best sculpture. That is cool. Like, that's like, okay, I don't want to do that. But like, I want to watch somebody really do that. And where, you know, people always like to say, well, they always took steroids. That almost makes it cooler. Like, and what I mean is like it, when you find somebody who can utilize these things like responsibly and, and like keep their ego and all that stuff out of check and not be the, be the guy that's comfortable with three to four days in the gym and knows how to get the response from those three to four days that everybody else can't get for six to seven days. And Oh, by the way, they have an actual successful marriage or something. And they go on date nights and the seven day slayers and the six day, they can't figure out how this person can do it. And it's just getting their ducks in a row across the board of life, you know? Um, and so those type of outliers are like, what has always like made me look, Tom Brady is the perfect example right now. You've got somebody 21 years in the national football league. Or his 20, this might be his 22nd year. Whatever. He still looks like he's like 30. Okay, but look, <laughs> you know? here's the funny thing. I looked at a little TV12 um, Instagram uh, deal the other day, and it's like, what does Tom do on game day? And it shows the things that he does on game day. And it's just, it's everything we talk, it's everything we talk about right now. It's like, that looks like a normal thing, that the best, player should be doing, you know, making sure that they could get the most out of everything that they're doing. Um, Yeah. You don't find, but back to the Tom Brady, I mean, it's like, it's comical that he eats real food like that. That just shows you how many people in this world and in these, in these uh, niches, in these markets, or in like professional sports are not like what you think. Like you think that they're probably like fine-tuned athletes who understand the most about their body, put nothing but good nutrients and stuff in their body and it's like no. They they have you fooled. There are very few people that do it really really correctly. And those those are the people that should that I've always like been interested in and should get spotlight because at the human level we should strive to respect those who can can manage their life in a way that they are a better human being. They've lowered the stress at all times throughout the day, in which they truly need it, and when they need it, they can bring it and they can go. And that type of person—that's the—that's uh, the samurai mindset. That's the silent, the the silent warrior right there. That's what we want to get to, but. It's hard.
0: Yeah. This goes to like, it's made me think about some of those times where I've had to like take a couple weeks off Mm -hmm. and it's like, man, maybe I've been like, I've been hammering it really hard. I've been, I've been going hard and, but then I take a couple weeks off for whatever reason. And then you come back and you're like, man, it's weird. I almost feel stronger. It's like you've, you've, you've hit that moment where, okay, I've now let my body rest. I've let my mind rest maybe a little bit. I've reduced some of that that stress at least for that period and it's almost been like a little bit of a reset to where oh now all of a sudden it's like allowed that body to 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 kind of go back to this good yeah. place as opposed to feeling kind of run down yeah um, and that's just being it's like a being forced into what what we should be in tune with all the time right we should be able because you you do this all the time I hear this all the time when somebody comes in that you're training you know, it's like, they're like, what do you want? What do you want me to do today? And like the first question you ask is, well, how do you feel? You do this to me today. It's like, well, how are you feeling today? And I'm like, well, I'm a little bit tired. I feel like I've gone pretty hard this week, probably going to come in and get a pretty good, you know, harder tomorrow. So, okay, well, today then is a little bit low impact, like not going to do a lot rest. There's somebody else that came in young guy that, that you work with. Same thing. How do you feel? Well, I'm, I'm hurt and tired or whatever. And I've got a game this weekend and it's like, well, you know, I'd rather you just rest and do some stretching and not come in and lift a bunch of weights. And it's like, but we need to figure out how to be in tune with that ourselves so that we can self-regulate. So it's not just me coming in. Yeah. So it's not me coming in and just being like, well, man, Luke says I've got to do, you know, the program today is doing all this heavy stuff that's high impact that like, I don't feel like
1: it, but you know, Okay, so if you're you have a big squat workout planned and you didn't get that good of sleep the night before and you make an executive decision, I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to um you know, get some better sleep tonight, I'm going to eat some good food, get fueled and stuff and I'm going to push this this squat workout to the, the following day. And that doesn't seem like much. But majority of people will not do that because the majority, that already throws the majority of people off on their, their routine and their schedule. And the majority of exercise people are probably on a, some sort of like four to six day in the gym because they think more is better for sure. So that like most people won't make that. Now, what, now, what would that do? Well, you could easily not get to sleep, not get the food like we talked about going there. And you could still safely hit it, but not hit any of the expectations you wanted. You're not going to be able to hit the loads that you wanted, but you could still get it done and chalk it as, hey, I got great movement, got my squats in considering the night before. Or do you actually have the strength and the fortitude to not exercise and push it a day and take care of yourself? to then come back and hit that squat workout. Now, when you hit that squat workout better, what does it do? It elicits better response. Like you literally could maybe get 20 times a better response from that workout by simply waiting one more day or one more week or something. And those are the sort of things it's like, okay, we see this with injuries. You know, your knees, it's bothering you a little bit, let's say i 'm a perfect example right now, my hip and this is something that i've i 'm doing personally, but like my hip is janked up i 'm pretty smart with being able to work around it, and I want to continue to work around it and do things, but I also know that if the fastest way for this hip to be cleaned up would be to be stepped back completely and like build it back up from the ground up and then get back into this stuff, and what will that actually do? Well, that won't be two subpar weeks of training. It might be two weeks of not training and rebuilding my base. But then when I get back into the things that I don't want to let go, they're going to be better than they were to begin with. But that takes like mental strength. And the mental strength is the strength that's the important part. I mean, in making the right decisions, but then it's the important part in the high performers that we admire. I mean... You and I have been around some of the greatest grapplers on the planet, and there is a vast. Dis- okay, they all might have the same, ex- you know, the same moves, but there's a level of psychological side, like a mindset that, that cannot be, and that same level is in real estate attorneys. It's in you know weightlifting, personal trainers. There's that level in everything, and as trainees, we've got to be able to find that. Cause that's the ultimate guide to like health for sure. And it's, it's, I get it's difficult to balance because so many of us are
0: like addicted to the exercise, right? You're addicted to the feeling you're addicted to showing up to the gym. And that's like not a bad thing necessarily, except that we then do those things to the neglect of what we're actually there for. And that's that adaptation. It's the growth. It's the improvement but we let it get to a point where we're, we're sabotaging ourselves, basically, because we haven't prepared our bodies. We haven't kept our stress levels in check to where we're actually – and it's all about efficiency, right? It's like the minimum effective dose, right? And, of course, being more of a, a hard style guy like Pavel talks about that a lot. There's so many people that are that are in there. It's like what is the minimum dose that we can – apply to our bodies of this stress to get the maximum amount of improvement because any more than that is just mileage at that point right like it's yeah. just
1: and that that come that will come to everybody everybody that has a brain and um any smart coach like figures that out and that's where that kind of like old man wisdom comes in I, where i don't think anybody under the age of 35 out there training is going to be Really aware of how real that is. I remember just everybody talking about it. Well, when you get older and you got to make these changes, you do this, and it's like, you know. And I think when you're like when you're young and your experience with just overall people isn't there, then you literally start thinking like, no, I'm an, I'm the outlier. I'm I do all the the healthy things now, and it's like, what does it matter? Like we're talking about just like wear and tear on the body efficiency of exercise as we get older. And as we get older, we start to get smarter and we start to realize that like we don't have to grind as hard. We don't have to like we know where the grind needs to be. I don't want to like make it sound like that. We have when you get smarter, you realize that there's times that were hard that need to be harder, but they won't need to be as long. Cause you're going to actually go in there and smash there's times when you're going to be soft and they're going to be, you're going to be soft. I think we just live in that middle ground too much where we're trying to burn both candles. Um, but with, with all of this stuff, you know, it's, it really comes down to us, the person, the trainee figuring out having the patience to whatever it is that they're doing, to want to get the most out of a, each step. I mean, that's really the thing. You pick up and you want to learn the guitar. You're going to learn possibly one song first before you try to learn four songs. And so I, I really believe that the the secret to athletic development, health, and and just like anti-aging so to say is to just take it like into account like how do i get the most out of what i'm doing where is what i'm doing tearing me apart where is it tearing me down let's take that out let me look at only what i can tangibly see and define as in serving and producing this for me and you got to reevaluate everything because your entire day is is contributing to at least your gym results but it's to all results yeah
0: that's particularly for people somebody that we deal with like us that also want to do jujitsu and other athletic endeavors and so we go to the gym to support our jujitsu hobby or whatever it is and but then if we're like burning both of those at the same time like i'm already stressed out but i'm going to go train harder in jujitsu I'm going to train harder in the gym and like now we're sort of just compounding that negativity Mm -hmm. and and really gonna just when that final straw that breaks the camel's back hits it could be catastrophic yeah I think and that's that's the scary part too then is that if the, the 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 repercussions here aren't just well I'm tired and I'm not necessarily getting the improvement that I would like I mean that's you're going to experience that for sure where it's like, well, I could sort of regulate this a little better and I would show better improvement over time. But it also potentially leads down a catastrophic path of, well, I've I've put so much stress on my body, my body can't recover. And now like something breaks to the point that we're now we're forced to be out.
1: Like that's sort of the logical end of it. Right. Uh, I think it's just stress identity in general. Right. We like, we run from our stresses instead of, uh, accept them and feel them and th- think about them you know I, I think that's a that's kind of a common thing that I've done with myself that I've seen other people do especially in in this field is um, just not want to really respect stress in general and then not understand that yes your emotional thoughts uh, end up in the same pool as, your physical volume of just activity, and <laughs> there's no difference in between those. There's the stress, the stress, stress bucket. Yeah. So, um, I want to switch because
0: you said something earlier that about you know younger trainers and training younger people, and I think we can all those of us that are no longer strictly in the category of being um, objectively younger. <laughs> we're not. We're not old, but we're not exactly young either. Um, but when you are younger, like you've got a large margin for error, right? Like if you're 19, like you can do all kinds of stupid stuff. You can eat terribly and like, it just isn't going to matter as much as if you try to do that when you're 40. Um, but you have been talking to me a little bit about barbells, kettlebells, and, and some conversations that you've had with some younger trainers and wanted to, again, that kind of sparked that and thought that'd be an interesting discussion. There's
1: just, there's. There's a lack of. We're all out there just trying to say stuff, and and especially the stuff that we feel passionate and strong about, and we just have part of part of the lack of experience is a lack of um, part of the lack of experiences. Is, is like it's a lack of understanding context in general. I think it, it goes you're still stuck in this world and trainers get stuck in this world where they're talking about methods and things. And, and, and that's exactly, that's a perfect way to put it. We're talking about methods and you get dogmatic and stuff. I'm not disagreeing and worried about methods. I'm worried about the thousands of variables that I can't ask. And there's no context that are in this, this point. So for example, you know, I had a guy, I love this. I love this dude and I can't wait to talk to him more about this, but and I understand exactly what he's saying because most, all, pretty much all kettlebell research is what you would imagine. Little like people swinging around, little light bells doing them in cardio type classes and what people think of kettlebell. Nobody's really doing research where somebody's hard style swinging a hundred pound bell and showing you what the hell's up. And Pavel and McGill have done some stuff in, back in the day that was pretty mind blowing things, but they're still very limited. So when when people are wanting you to get a young strength coach, it's wanting to um, inspire and show people that we got to lift weights and we got to do this stuff, and that the barbell deadlift is the king to elicit this strength and force and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, no small kettlebells could ever do what you know this can do. And it's like you can't can't say things like that. You don't you don't know. Plus you don't know because first of all, let's say that that all is true. Well, it wouldn't be true if we had a terrible barbell deadlifter and a really, really good kettlebell swinger over here. I mean, you know, so there's so much context and things that the actual thought of like the adaptation, the stimulus, like what's actually happening um, gets thrown out the window. And I think the biggest part that's thrown out the window and the biggest part where everybody can adapt to the stimulus better is better quality. Like we are, we have arguments on, you know, strength programs and exercises and stuff, but we have zero idea about the competency and the quality of the execution. And what does that person do in the other 23 hours of the day? Like that's so, Kind of what I mean, like with all this stuff is we can't make these vast, like vague, there's so many different methods out there and we need to be, uh, we need to have thoughts, maybe that some of them aren't ones that we like and ones that we're skeptical about, but that's the, that's the best place to know, like, why don't you like it? Like develop actual skepticism find somebody who does like it and have an actual conversation and start to find something out of that program that you can use and that's that's just a good message to anybody out there looking you know to train or do anything like that um but with that stuff um i can't even remember where i was gonna go what were we saying right there <laughs> well i mean i think that
0: like you said the the dogmatic approach of it where you almost like discount a certain methodology as just not being applicable for for getting strong right it's like yeah when you when you say it in such a way where it's like oh well you can't get strong using kettlebells and it's like that just literally doesn't make sense because in the gym here we've got a kettlebell that weighs 200 pounds and like i'm sorry but like you can find ways to move that thing around, like you're going to get strong. But
1: yeah, you know, it's just not. It's it's. And part of his thing was talking about like a football specific, like a lineman. Like if a lineman can deadlift six hundred pounds, you know, then no little kettlebell workout is actually going to give him enough stress to elicit a response that's going to help him on the field. And that's just you're just. I, I love you, but you're young right now. I, I made that exact statement. I thought those exact same things. And then, you know, a little bit of experience. I'd say it's a small amount of experience because mine's going to continue to keep changing. Um, but in this time, when I look at that, I'm like, I start, it got me to start thinking a couple of things. I'm like, well, one, you know, f- like you're making this case about this offensive lineman who plays a, a horizontally f- a forward intent type of thing and the kettlebell swing at least allows horizontal force whereas the deadlift doesn't carry over near as much horizontal force as the swing you know and one actually has a, an eccentric absorbing um, opponent to it while the other doesn't i mean so there's there's cases that i can make but it's like that's not the point the point here is to figure out like what is that who is that person what do they need for where they are you know that would be a more correct way to kind of to look at this stuff rather than than demonize tools or demonize methods in the favor of something else when you just don't you don't know shit because i I started thinking about like this is what I told you earlier as I started getting, this got me thinking is like man when power lifters. As pilelifters start getting into their 30s and 40s, which late 30s ends up being most of the time, early 40s when they usually have their biggest run strength-wise, what do a lot of them start doing? They grow up and they start training smarter. They start realizing that if they move more efficiently, they don't have to do as much bullshit to elicit the same response to feel better. They start switching to specialty bars and stuff because of all the years of Tearing up their shoulders with extreme external rotation and torque on the elbows in the back squat. Like they make changes. And that's the point of what young trainers have to look at and people have to look at is that the strongest people in the world are not just gung hoing it out every day. They're making crazy changes that are like, you know, allow them to do what they do. I've, like I told, Many people. I lived with Blaine Sumner for a period of time. He's one of my good friends. And to think that one of the greatest barbell back squatting squatters of this on this planet of all time. Uses safety squat bars, specialty bars so he didn't tear up his shoulders. He uses cable machine for assistance stuff because he understands now as he's gotten older. He understands how to how to really chisel the The statue that is him and and to be able to perform is a mindset thing, you know? So it's kind of that world of like, when do we accept ourselves and realize that we are enough and we're capable of achieving the things that we want to do as long as we're smart and we don't lie to ourselves? Or when do we keep lying to ourselves and we ignore some of the things that we're doing that are a part of that pie that we just don't want to like, you know, really acknowledge and that's kind of like that that world of 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 where you're growing to try to try to get better.
0: Yeah, I think that's excellent advice for all of us is grow up be smarter and you know, maybe again going back to this guy, maybe for the football player lineman who's 19 years old and the only thing that matters to him at that point is I need to be as maximally strong as I possibly can be to go out for the next four or five years and compete as hard as I can but I know like if you're going to do that and the problem is where people like me who are 38 start thinking well that's how I need to train too Because, like, maybe he's going into that looking at it saying, This is gonna put some like damage onto my body, but I'm willing to make that trade off because I'm trying to be this high level professional athlete for a limited period of time. But he may have some real struggles when he's 40, as opposed to the rest of us who are like, We don't necessarily need to train like those people because their goals are very different, too. Like, they're gonna get hurt doing that one way or the other. And it's gonna ha- it's gonna it's gonna wear them down one way or the other, and either they're gonna learn and change to do things a smarter way, or like that's just what they're willing to do for the sake of competing in mm-hmm. that moment, where that's not the right choice for the rest of us. But no. we we see that like trying to emulate the way that certain professional athletes train and so forth. I mean, we see it in the like agility stuff and all this. That okay, I'm gonna see these like wide receivers in the NFL and how they train and like. Oh, I should go do that. I was like, "Well, why? I mean, what, like, what are you trying to get out of this?" And this is something we talked about the other day. And like, we're getting to the end here, but and maybe this is a whole other podcast. But it still goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? This is the thing that you and I talked about. Somebody's like, "Oh, well, I th- I want to do this this way," and it's like, well, "Why?"
1: Yeah, I, that that really like when I thought about that the other day, I thought that's exactly because I've been stuck in a place the last couple of years that's really bugged me. And it's been more of, of like where I want to, like when when I want to teach something to somebody, I want to see what, what they do, but then I don't want to feel like, hold on, let me show you the correct way to do it. You know, like let's take a squat, for example. I don't just want to start cueing somebody, engaging somebody right off the bat. I want to see what they do first. And then I want to change them, but before changing them, I want to ask why they do that, so that we can start to get into that conversation. I'll I'll get them down to the point at which they realize like I don't have a why, and it's like I do. Let's try my why, and that's I guess a much you know better way of thinking about things than rather hey let's let's try to do this and this and this squat pattern, this exercise pattern. And somebody's like, well, yeah, no, I, I do this, like when I used to do CrossFit and like this and that. It's like, no, no, no. Like, why? Okay, why is your stance that way? Okay, well, I want your stance this way and I have a why. So I think it's you're exactly right. That's exact same. That's the strongest principle that we can all start to do is is look at our life, look at our routine, whether it's an exercise from a health standpoint, look at then you got to look at everything. That's what's crazy. You know, <laughs> like when we talk about exercise, we can stay within this world. But when we talk about like health, it's like the spiritual side really does matter, you know, so all these things. But when we're talking about exercise, at least it's like, l- write all your, your routine down. And can you give the why for everything? And if you can't start to a, then really assess that and be like, do I do I need this? Is this just more junk than I need? Or is this something that's, it's just so much activity, I don't even know what it's doing to the other stuff. So that's where you can start kind of cleaning up things is look at your shit, what you don't understand, scratch it out or go figure out like why it's a value to you, why you need, and then figure out how you That individual can extract the most out of that thing that provides that.
0: I think that's a excellent place to start wrapping this up because I think you can look at that on every, like you said, every part of your routine, right? It's if I eat a certain way, and maybe I want to change that. It's like, oh, I want to do keto. Why? Like, if you don't know why, if you don't know why you're doing it, if you don't have that answer, and if maybe you do, right? I mean, maybe you have a really good reason for why you want to do that. Well then, great. You've thought through. It. That means you've put the time and the effort into thinking I want through that. it. Yeah, and great. Then maybe that's a great thing that you need to. You're ready to do that thing because you have an answer. If it's well, because a guy on Instagram, you know, whatever, yeah, was doing this, and that's why I want to do this exercise. Well, okay. I mean, is that what? What? Why are you doing it? What are okay. you trying to get out of it? And so I think that that's a. Well, I good think you question. just
1: put a. You made a really good point there too, though, because, let's say you're working with a trainer like I I want you to be able to tell me that like if you can tell me your why of wanting to do that diet then I feel like well heck now I will help you with that diet but you've earned the right to now employ that if you don't if your why is kind of like well because you know it burns more fat than this or I'm trying to lose some fat then, then my question be like well we still have a lot of stuff to clean up to then even understand like to be able to have a why of of that, mm-hmm. so I don't know i do i I think that when you can answer your why, you're just literally being more responsible to yourself and you're being more responsible to the others that are around you because if if you've got whys and you've got knowledge on something, then our conversation is just entirely different then I'm actually able to help you and theorize and plan stuff out and do things, but if there's no why, it's usually a time spent trying to convince you to learn to get a why. You know, just trying to keep you keep you going and keep you injury free, but it's not a lot you can do. Yep. Well, I think
0: I think we've hit some great stuff. Yeah. Ask that why. If you're doing something, if you got a good reason for doing it, by all means do it. If you're not real sure why, then maybe the question is, is there either I need to figure it out or maybe I don't need to be doing this thing or yeah. whatever it is, you know, look, look for the answers. Look for the answers. Mm-hmm. Look for the answers. And like we talked about for the first part, be in tune with yourself and, and, and learn to regulate that stress, learn to feel the stress and understand it so that you can, when you go put that intentional stress on your body, you go to the gym and you intentionally add stress, your body is prepared to get the maximum out of it that it possibly can. And that's kind of the whole goal for everything. Mm -hmm. So any final words, coach, before we get out of here?
1: No, man, figure out, uh, assess your why, figure out you're doing, figure out why you're doing the things that you're doing and actually put real thought into that. And um, I think if anybody is stuck in a a plateau or just a rut and stuff, I think just writing this stuff down would be a good starting point and get some good notes to be able to talk to somebody and, and really help them. pull themselves out there you go
0: talk to the people who can help you find your why if you're not real sure one of the ways you can do that hit up coach luke you can find him on instagram at green strength iv check him out give him a follow and keep joining us here every single week on the green strength podcast so we'll see you next week on the green strength podcast